And so like you were giving examples, you know, it's like worrying about something, the game either before or after. And so with a group of adults that are really high functioning, like really smart, um, emotionally intelligent adults, like we're really working on how do we stay in the present moment? And so when I hear you say that as a young person who's like telling other young people, if, you know, one way to um, combat anxiety is to really figure out how to be in the present moment. I'm just like, so happy. I'm like, yes, yes. The next generation. Like, I'm so excited <laughs> that you guys are already talking about this. You're not going to wait till you're in your forties to figure out how to get into the present moment. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, change maker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and to usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. I'm super excited about today's episode because I get to reconnect with my passion for working with youth. Today's guest, Brandon Shintani, is a high school student in New Jersey, and he took the initiative to reach out and ask if I would interview him on my podcast. So I was super impressed with that, and of course I said yes. Brandon is the founder and leader of Mind Design Sports, an online platform designed by teens, for teens, and kids. It produces 15 to 20 blog articles per month, a regular podcast, and involves 90 volunteer youth from across the world. Pretty impressive, right? Brandon is passionate about spreading the word that the mental game in sports is equally as important as the physical game. In our conversation, we make the connection between the sports psychology work that Brandon has done and the mindfulness practices that I embody. I'm so grateful to have welcomed Brandon on the show. His energy, focus, and fearlessness are contagious. And all of the adults listening can learn a lot from Brandon's courage to pursue his dreams. Also, please remember to rate and review A Conscious Way Forward wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, let's dive in. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Brandon Shintani. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me on, David. Let's have a good conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the goal. I always like to start by asking my guests to tell a little about themselves. But before I do that, I will read Brandon's bio that he sent me just so you can get a little background and then he's going to share a little bit more about himself. So Brandon actually reached out to me, which I was really impressed with because you're going to learn that he's a young adult and I was really impressed with his initiative to reach out to me and ask to be on the podcast. So as you guys know, I was a high school teacher for a long time, so I'm really impressed with young people that are taking control of their life and trying to improve themselves. So I could sense that right away from his email that he sent me. So Brandon is, like I said, a high school student. He's from New Jersey. He loves psychology, which we both have in common. We love psychology and sports. That's something we have in common. And he's a leader of a sports psychology organization, which he'll tell you more about, called Mind Design Sports. 
and it provides resources on sports psychology. And he wants all athletes out there to understand the mental component to playing their best on the court or the field. And so mind design sports content ranges from blog articles to podcasts to designing your sports experience. And we'll put in it's uh, mind-designsports.org, but we'll put that in the show notes and all that so people can access that. So Brandon, welcome. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your, um, putting more flavor to your bio. Yeah, of course. Yep. I'm a sophomore in a public high school in New Jersey. Um, the sports I like to play are basketball specifically. I watch it, play it, talk about it with my friends. And I, I used to run a little bit of track in middle school. Um, and yeah, I run Minds on Sports. Basically, like David said, it's a sports psychology organization. And we really try to um, encourage young athletes in elementary and middle school to understand the importance of the mental side of the game and how that can transform them on the court, on the field. And yeah, many athletes don't have a strong and sharp mental game or they don't even know what sports psychology is. Like what is psychology? Um, so yeah, we want to show them the importance of that. And then hopefully from there, they take, uh, that initiative to go to our website or other sports psychology resources to learn themselves. And once they're motivated from there, only benefits are going to show once they learn about sports psychology and try to put it to play. Yeah. And, you know, I, you're giving me an opportunity to tell one of my favorite stories, and then I'm going to follow up on another question. But my last high school basketball game, so I was obsessed with high school basketball. Like it was my life when I was in high school, just a few years ago, not, you know, not too long ago, but <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. But, but my last high school game, we made it to the playoffs as like the, yeah, the, the bottom seed and we played the, the top seed. So everyone had kind of like given up. They're like, eh, whatever, like we're just going to go play a, a road game or whatever. But I had an experience that I later read about in Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson, which was uh, an intersection of the mind, body, and soul, or the mind, body, and spirit all coming together. And it's almost like an out-of-body experience. And so I'd love to hear kind of how you think about that with like sports psychology and the mental game, as you're calling it. But basically what happened to me was I think because it was my last game and because there were no expectations, I didn't have like a real mental um you know, attachment to like some expectation for how I would play or what would happen. Everyone kind of assumed we would lose. And in fact, our, one of our other really good players had actually quit the team. So it was kind of like, you know, there was kind of like this negative energy, but for me, I was mm -hmm. like, this is my last game. And everyone's expecting us to lose. Like if we get within 20, that's a good, you know, a good goal. And so, and we didn't have that many people in the stands because it was like a road game three hours away. Yeah. So I just kind of had nothing to lose basically. And Really, I, the only way to describe it is it was really an out-of-body experience. Like, I scored 37 points. Um, oh, nice. And I played against a guy who's like, ended up going to a Division One school. He was, like, 6'9". And it was just, like, it, what ended up happening was it was like I was watching myself. So, and the, I, I only missed two times. So, everything was going in, right? And the two times I missed was the moment that my mind and my um, kind of the limitations of the mind came in and started to think because every, everything else was all in the flow state. Like I was shooting, I was passing, I was doing layups. I was like, you know, getting open. Yeah. And then, the, and then I, my mind actually said like, whoa, you're wide, you're so wide open. How are you, you know, how's this happening? And then I missed the layup. So those are the only two incidents of that whole game where I actually felt the, um, like, like I blocked the flow by going into my mind. Mm -hmm. So I just love to hear how you think about it and how mind design talks about 
kind of the flow state or like, you know, yeah. how the mental game is important, but it also can, your mental game can also take you out of it, you know? Yeah. So sports psychology and what we talk about mind design sports, we talked about the flow state and how that's being in the zone, not getting in your head, not overthinking, not thinking about something that's outside of the game. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, who's in the stands? Is my, is my Mm -hmm. dad watching me? Is he going to be mad if I miss a layup? You just focus on the game. Actually, you're not even focusing. You're just enjoying the moment of being in the Mm -hmm. present, embracing that you're just playing and that that's allows you to play at your best potential. Like David said, and sports psychology allows you to always, it enhances and increases the amount of times you're in the flow state um, with sports psychology tactics, like breathing or positive self-talk. It makes you more consistent player. So coaches love consistency, right? Like uh, when you're a coach and you know that David's going to uh, score 20 points every game, why would he take off, take you off the floor? So that's why sports psychology is so important. And these different tactics can decrease the amount of times where, I don't know, you get into your head or you have these negative thoughts and it just helps you to enjoy and be happier and cope with the pressure of competition really. And there's so many tactics out there that young athletes can learn. And that's why we want to emphasize that we want to start at a young age to build that habit, to build your own routine so that you can play at your best on the floor. Yeah. And it really should be fun, right? It shouldn't be hundred percent. Um, so, so it's so um, high pressure nowadays. And yeah. And what I was talking about with Phil Jackson is, you know, it's so fascinating because as I started getting really understanding the importance of, like you said, being in the present moment and getting into the flow. And I always talk about, I used to talk about this more. Now you give me an opportunity to talk about it. like to me, basketball is kind of a microcosm for how you live your life. So my wife always laughs at me because we actually met playing basketball when um, we were okay. in college and she laughs at me because we'll go, we years ago, we'd go play pickup and I'd be like, Oh, okay. That guy. And I would like tell, I'd be like this guy, and I'm like, I can tell everything about somebody just by the way they play basketball. <laughs> but, um, but I bring up Phil Jackson because what he understood was that there is this, like I said, this integration of the mind, body, and spirit. So he got a lot of his background from his own religious upbringing as a child. And then he spent time with the Lakota Sioux in South Dakota. So a native American um, tribe. And he also spent a lot of time studying Zen Buddhism. So he brought all these kind of like Eastern philosophies with the Western, um, you know, Western culture. And as you know, like he's won 11 championships with the Bulls and with the Lakers. Yeah. And what you were talking about around like learning at a young age is so cool. Like not waiting until you're older, but really understanding that you have kind of control of the mind. You have control, like you said, the positive self-talk and that if you can really just enjoy the moment and not get stuck in, like you said, who's in the stands or whether you're winning or losing. And and I think that's what's so cool about sports is that you can find that, that flow state on the court on the field and then you can bring it into your life so is there a way like how do you see sports and psychology like in the day to like like young people's day-to-day life you know yeah sports psychology like i always say that sports psychology isn't just sports all the all the techniques and tactics apply to real life so for example sports psychology will teach you how to cope with pressures maybe before a big national championship game oh your nerves are running and you're super nervous anxious um that will get into your head and that's almost the same example as like taking a big test 
you're super nervous. You don't know if you're going to score well. Um, maybe a week before you're feeling confident, but now all of a sudden you're just, you're just out of it. So understanding maybe how to breathe, how to keep yourself mm-hmm. calm and focused that will help you not only on the court, also when test taking, maybe when you're at a band performance with, I don't know, 2000 people watching in the stands, it's the same thing. All the same principles apply, same tactics apply. And yeah, I mean, anybody in any world, any uh, discipline they're in, if it's a business, business people can use sports psychology as well. And that's why sports psychology is so powerful. And we wanna show that importance to everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm really impressed because you're, I love, I think I told you when we had met, cause I talked to Brandon before we recorded the episode and I was sharing with him that I'm always really impressed with young people that are actually really stepping up and it's, and I was sharing with him that I found what my passion was. I, I had this story that I didn't understand my passion until I was older, right? Like, oh, I kept changing careers and stuff like that. But when I look back on my life at the age of 45, I can see that there was like a thread and it was like, oh, I wanted to be a, a basketball co- college basketball coach. Then I wanted to be a high school basketball coach. And then I went into business and then I became a teacher and then I started schools and now I'm a life coach and a leadership coach. Like the whole thread was always around like teaching and coaching. Coach, and yeah. so, you know, I'm, but I'm impressed that at your age, you're, you kind of know that it's like this piece around psychology, something you're really passionate about. And, you know, it could, I think we talked about like my, question I hate when people ask is like what do you want to be when you want to grow up or what do you want to do and you're like you're like I'm in the 10th grade like just relax you know and so yeah, yeah. I love that you've kind of started to find your passion about some about some area that you really like and so um one question I'd love to ask is what you know how did so you're at a kind of what I would call like a traditional suburban public high school in New Jersey and how did the school support you in this idea of mind design sports and you know how did how did they support your passion and how did they not support your passion in terms of like your school career? Yeah. So I launched and created the idea of mind design sports without my school. So the idea, the website and overseeing everyone on the team right now. So I didn't get direct support from the school, but the I, got, I learned a lot of uh, life lessons from school. Um, mm-hmm. For example, time management, being organized, how to interact with uh, fellow peers Without those, I feel like I couldn't manage a team. I couldn't uh, provide tasks for them and just have a good relationship with them to create those good content, the blogs, the podcasts, and coordinate everything. And also, I feel like without managing my time or organizing things, everything would be a mess. The website would be a mess, for example, and things wouldn't run as smoothly. So definitely school has helped me and allowed me even just to understand my passion. Um, I played sports, basketball through school, made friends there, understood how to work with the team, how to stick up for yourself when something's wrong. And yeah, I combined my two passions, psychology and sports, which I both found at school again. And it allowed me to create my design sports and kind of get off that traditional path of that Mm -hmm. high schooler that you think of the stereotypical one. So that is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. And, you know, it's interesting because the examples you used are when I have launched, you know, that I've launched several schools and whenever I would talk about the schools I launched, I'd always say the parents that are interested in enrolling, I'd say, you know, what skills did you, do you need every day in your job? And I'm like, is it algebra? Is it history? 
Is it, you know, and I would kind of, I do this just to get them to want to enroll in the school, but it's true. And then they say like, you know, and then they're like, wait, I mean, I kind of use those things. And I'm like, well, what about negotiating a conflict or what about um, managing a team or how to communicate effectively or how to manage your emotions or, you know, work with others. And then they all raise their hand and I'm like, exactly. So that's why the foundation of our school will be what they're now calling social emotional learning, but everything you listed was really around like um, the things that, you know, help you become a leader. And you didn't say like, Oh, because I, I mean, you did tell me earlier that you did take AP psychology through uh, like an extension course or something. Is that right? Yeah. So I couldn't take AP psychology at my school as a freshman or sophomore. They only okay. allow you after junior and senior. So I love psychology. I wanted to immerse myself in it. So I went through um, a summer program like Johns Hopkins CTY summer program. And I just took it over okay. the summer. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really impressive. And I know this is one of my other um, critiques or <laughs> what I say about the school system, because it's such an industrial model that with kids like you or kids that want to do something out of the box, it's like, you have to go somewhere else. You have to find a oh, extension 100%. program, you know, yeah. you, you can't, like you had to start line design. So I was telling Brandon about this. One of my favorite schools is called One Stone in Boise, Idaho. And actually trying to replicate it now across the world i just got an email about it today but it's basically a school that's run by high school students they're on the board and they also have all these really cool projects where they do entrepreneurial projects where they start their own business or they start a nonprofit. they try and solve a social problem so i told brandon i was like can you imagine going to that school yeah, and all day every day you're talking about mind design sports you know yeah, that'd be amazing. And it really provide you with that good foundation of how to build up something that is useful, that direct application. Uh, as you said, like algebra, yeah, I'll use it sometimes, maybe when you have to write a check in the restaurant. But um, these projects that people make, they're, I would argue that they're a lot more important and prominent in today's life. And it's fun. It's fun to create yeah. something and get it off the ground and manage something and see the impact right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly. And it's like, um, you know, you're getting, like you talked about you learning from sports and your social interaction and being at the school and obviously learning how to be a student is really important. I didn't mention that earlier, but you talked about time management and that's another, what's called like um, some people call them non-cognitive skills. So the cognitive skills is like how to write an essay, how to, mm -hmm. you know, do that kind of, sort of non-cognitive skills would be the social emotional skills and also things like time management and, um, managing, you know, not, not necessarily like emotional skills, but other non-cognitive skills. So that, that, but again, that's something that if you had schools like one stone that were entrepreneurially focused or just focused on real world problems, then you're doing that all day, every day. Like you're actually mm -hmm. engaging in projects. And, and if you really think about the future world, you're going to go into, it's not so much the, you know, six classes a day, 55 minutes, of, you know, <laughs> like you're really going to be in a dynamic world with technology. And on that note, I know a lot of young people struggle with anxiety. And so does mm. mind design sports, do you guys share about anxiety or how to deal with that from a psychological perspective? hundred percent. A lot of common problems are anxiety, anxiety before game, anxiety after game. Oh, I didn't play that well. What should I do mm -hmm. next? Oh, I'm such a failure. What can I do? Anxiety can be through the form of thoughts, behaviors. Um, when you start to hit people or you start becoming violent or aggressive. So almost everything that we 
uh, preach and talk about Amazon sports can help with anxiety, like becoming becoming happier, you decrease anxiety and being in the present, you're enjoying the moments, so you're uh, decreasing anxiety. Um, when you enhance your performance and do better on the court, you feel better about yourself. So all those things uh, tie into anxiety. And yeah, definitely that's an important topic to talk about. And we try to address that. Well, that's really great. And I'm so happy right now because I run a leadership mastermind called the Inner Sangha. And it's all about like getting a community together that actually um, is going within to figure out how to manage their life. And we literally have been working on something for several months and it's really simple, but it's really not simple, which is like, how do you get in the present moment and stay in the present moment? Mm -hmm. So just last night we were talking about like, what's a code word you could use when you start to like have anxiety about the future or think that something is going to go wrong based on what happened in the past. And so like you were giving examples, you know, it's like worrying about something, the game either before or after. And so with a group of adults that are really high functioning, like really smart, um, emotionally intelligent adults, like we're really working on how do we stay in the present moment? And so when I hear you say that as a young person, who's like telling other young people, if, you know, one way to um, combat anxiety is to really figure out how to be in the present moment. I'm just like, so happy. I'm like, yes. Yes, the next generation. Like, I'm so excited that you guys are already talking about this. You're not going to wait until you're in your 40s to figure out how to get into the present moment. So, I really appreciate that. And so, what yeah. advice would you give to other young people? Or, you know, I might have a lot of parents listening to this and they're going to be like, wow, this kid's impressive. But, but what advice would you give to your, you know, your peers or for parents that have teenagers? Because a lot of my listeners have teenage kids. Like, what kind of advice would you give around? just in general and, and yeah. the work you're doing. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the non-traditional path before, and I guess yeah. I'll give advice there. So when I kind of think of the quote, like there's no time like the present. So when I thought of this my design sports idea, like, Oh, there's not enough sports psychology resources at the young sports level. I just, yeah. when I thought of the idea, I just launched it. Cause I know personally that when I have an idea, I just put it aside. It's never, I'm never doing that again. I'm going to forget about it. I'm not going to have enough time. It's going to be at the back of my priorities. So whenever I have a good idea, I try to act on it, do something, put it in my calendar. Um, I don't talk to my mom about it so she can keep me accountable. So she can remind me to do it. And yeah, I mean, I kind of, by doing this, doing something different, I just try to set an example for these young athletes, young students, even to just do something yeah. different, lay the foundation, yeah. encourage them to get involved in any field you want to be anything mm -hmm. you're passionate about, like sports psychology for me. And yeah, if you, if you see a need for something, try to act on it. Um, maybe, like I said, sports psychology is really talked about. So I tried to um, implement that. And I also realized that like, in the AP psychology textbook, they didn't really talk about sports psychology that much. They give a whole chapter to clinical psychology. They give a whole chapter mm -hmm. to developmental where sports psychology, um, sports psychology, like I said, it's so important, but people don't really realize that until, I don't know, maybe when, after they retire and then they try it out and then it's too late. They don't have, there's no more energy in your uh, stamina bar to try it because you're just aging. So that's why we try to, um, empower these young athletes to learn about it yeah, so that'd be my so main cool. piece of advice yeah no that's great advice that's great advice i like how you shared what i like to call the bias towards uh call it bias towards action in that 
you have these ideas and we talk a lot about intuition on this podcast and sometimes people have an intuitive idea and then the follow through or the action is actually not as good. You know, like they'll have the idea of the oh, that's feeling, right. like, you know, like it's not, I really want to do this. Like if they have a feeling and intuition and then they're not sure how to bring it into the world. Um, so I'm really excited. So I would love to hear how did the did mind design sports come to be? Like, what was the, I know you had the idea, but like, what was the, what was your motivation and how did you get it to actually, you know, to where it is now? Yeah. When I was a ref, I ref basketball games and um, it's for younger uh, athletes. So I think it's K through six. And I see a couple young athletes that they look familiar to me because it was me. Like I was a little anxious. I could tell by the way they, their facial expressions, their body movement, like maybe after they miss a shot, they never shoot again because they're scared to miss again. Right. And I, I could tell, and it's just, I don't want someone to go through that and like not play to their fullest potential. So I wanted to solve that. And I knew it wasn't just, it was something beyond myself. Like I already went through, uh, I don't know, the anxiety, the stress during or after a game. And I saw that same thing. So why not create a resource that would try to combat that? And yeah, I mean, I've been, we launched September, 2020. So I think we've been around for like eight months and yeah, we've been trying to expand. We have a, a good amount of team members, like I think 90 right now across um, a bunch of continents, a bunch of countries. And we're always trying to provide that good content. We have like publicity directors, blog writers, uh, outreach officers. I try to get like cool guests on our podcast. So we're always trying to expand, uh, get the word out. And yeah, that's how um, my design sports is going right now. That's really cool. And did you say 90, 90 is, are they all young people? Cause I know I looked up the website. Are they all um, like young adults or is it ranging in age? Yeah, it's like majority high school high school athletes. And then we have a good amount of a little bit of college athletes. And we have a little bit of industry workers as well that they just help out. Um, I just connected with them on LinkedIn. They asked me if they want to help. They wanted to help out because they like the mission of my design sports. And I was like, yeah, why not? Um, any help we can get to expand the impact. Uh, that's great. So yeah, we've been always expanding, like a friend of a friend will tell another friend to join and spread the word about it. And yeah, eight months, we got a lot of progress down. And then, so you provide, tell me about, is it like a weekly podcast? Like what's the content if I'm interested in, if I'm a high school athlete or just anybody in general, like what's the content look like? Yeah. So we have blogs and we'll, we have like 20 writers. So usually we have like 15 to 20 blogs per month and we'll just spread them out across the month and they'll be ranging in different topics. Like um, I know my friend, he knows more about cricket and he'll talk about cricket because we know from his country, a lot of people play cricket and they don't really know the sports and the psychology behind cricket. Uh, some other blog writers will talk about trash talking because uh, their sport is big on trash talking. How do you combat mm-hmm. trash talking? Right. So everyone will pick their own topic. We don't want to, we just allow them to reign free, create whatever they like and is interesting. And then I also run a podcast, which we uh, post bi-weekly podcasts and I'll just have a guest speaker as well on my podcast. And we'll talk about sports and psychology. We'll have nutritionists, meditation uh, teachers, D1 athletes. Um, We plan to have an NFL player on the podcast soon. Um, And yeah, we just try to get these people with experience and knowledge in the sports world 
to provide those insights to younger athletes because they're so successful. So any insights and advice they could provide would be useful. And then lastly, we just have um, social media. So we post uh, quotes and like motivation tips every day on our Instagram. And we also post uh, infographs. So maybe someone doesn't want to read a blog or listen to a podcast. It's like, maybe it's too boring for them. Just go on our Instagram and just scroll through, tap through, see what's there. And it's the same thing. Um, same concepts, uh, cool tips. And yeah, that's, that's the three main content, like, uh, ways we promote our content. Yeah. And it's all free, correct? Oh yeah. hundred percent free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I love about what you're sharing is on so many levels, I love it. And one thing that I really love is that you're bringing people from all over the world, some different continents, different countries coming together and, you're really what I'm envisioning as the future, which is not even the future for you. It's already here because you're doing it. But what I'm imagining for the future for adults is that it's actually these types of organizations where, you know, content is so ubiquitous, it's accessible, it's free, it's everywhere. And it's so, you know, it's like the democratization of content, right? Like when I was your age, you had to pay for cable. You had to, you know, there was all these, there are all these organizations in between the, um, the person who the receiver of the content and you know the the organizations that decided what you got to see like the tv networks and mm. the cable channels and it was like all this curated and filtered content and then obviously with youtube and all these other um, technology platforms now it's like literally anybody can put content you know you and i started a yeah. podcast pretty easily like you can just put it out and so i think that's really cool because what that's allowing young people to do and your generation to do is to actually have access to this information that's transparent, accessible, and it's harder for people to kind of control the narrative and do the, the old school thing, which was like, again, you have these filters, you have a small group of people that mm. decide what information goes out. And so now it's like information's out there. And so one of the reasons I'm really passionate about reforming the school system is because the school system is working on the old paradigm of like, yeah, you know, there's a superintendent at the top, there's a school board and they decide what you guys get to learn. And that's why I love places like One Stone because the school, the students actually sit on the board. And but the other piece I love about what you're doing is really creating like a new type of organization in that it's a loosely connected, but, you know, principle based, like, like values based group of people that are coming together around a common interest. And so that's really, really cool. And I, I just spoke with a friend of mine who's doing this in Canada, but she's doing it as a nonprofit in an organization. I'm going to have her on the podcast after you. Okay. And she is, well, I'm not sure when the actual episode will release, but you're both going to be on the podcast and you'll, so she'll be one of my next guests and her name's Ashley. And she's actually running a similar organization called Raising Humanity for families about raising their kids and creating more kind of democratic and, um, you know, connected family time together and like family organizations, an organization that's more democratic and that allows families to raise their kids in a more, you know, less of like a controlling way. So anyway, you'll hear more, they'll, the, the listeners will hear more from Ashley, but I wanted to bring this in because Ashley and I are trying to run these organizations as adults and you're your generation and you specifically. So wanted to call out and just acknowledge and congratulate you for yeah, I the work you're it. doing. And what makes me really excited is that you're doing this, you're going against the current, 
So the river is taking you into your AP classes and the river is taking you to, you know, your school experience, which you have to deal with like as your day job, right? And yeah. then there's there's another current that's off to the side that you're actually literally having to go like against the main river and go off to the side. And so it's pretty impressive that even with your AP classes, your sports and all the things you have going on that you're able to do this on the side. But what I get really excited about is imagine, so for the adults listening, imagine if we had a school system or an ecosystem or an infrastructure where we created these types of environments where kids like you could just really thrive and not have to Focus go against the current yeah. be in the river like yeah. you could be in the river of the school system would be like let's flow let's let these kids create and build things and change the world and um, solve problems instead of staying in this archaic school system so i think you're a really cool example of what is possible and i'm really impressed that you thank that you. you brought it to life you know cool and one question i did have and then we'll wrap up is um oh just your motivation like how did you get the motivation to do this like you have so many things going on and what what was your motivation to try and create mind design works motivation i have a bunch of them actually and i feel like that kind of drives me to increase it always but um maybe number one would be i just try to push myself do something different like i said um doing something uncomfortable I've learned a lot on the way, like how to run a podcast, yeah. how to appeal to my audience, how to manage mm-hmm. people. So maybe it was tough in the beginning, yes, with the website and coming with the idea. But once you start it off, it really gets easier. And you it just a lot of ways to expand the impact. And also, I was motivated because I wanted to use my sports psychology knowledge. I did so much research on right. TED Talks or YouTube videos. Right blog writing. Um, I wanted to test out if I really understood what I was talking about, something that I cared about to see if I could put it to the test. So I wanted to, I just wrote a couple blogs. Like the first couple blogs on mind design sports are all from me. And that was another motivation. And yeah, that, that passion is for sports and psychology that just combined for me. And I don't see it as something extra. I just see it as something that, um, I like to do just on my free time, uh, maybe de-stress from school, take a break from AP yeah. classes. And yeah, the, also I just, we get a lot of positive feedback from our listeners and viewers. And they always say that they love the content and I always hear it from people. So like, uh, including you, and that just motivates me to keep going, keep making better content and continuing the mission. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And what I love about what you said is, you know, Simon Sinek talks about leading with your why. And this has been like a big movement because I also do leadership coaching. Yeah. And so when you can ask somebody, you know, if you talk to, if you like, they have a whole thing about where Apple talks about their why. And one of the reasons people are so passionate about either iPhone and their Apple products is because there's a real strong why. I can't remember what the why is, but it's like a one sentence. If you Google it, it's really compelling. And so when I heard you speak, about your why or like your motivation and why you started uh, Mind Design Sports, it really moved me, especially when you talked about like it was beyond myself. And I think that when we're talking about following like our soul's calling or our big missions in life, and it's when you start to see it's like beyond you, you know? So yeah. I was really impressed that it was beyond myself. And then I loved how you shared that you saw the younger kids that were, you could see the anxiety and that, you know, they miss one shot. And, and so that's, those are the driving forces that I feel like when you're talking about mind design, people are going to connect to that because they're going to know that 
you're, I mean, you're really passionate already, but when they hear stories like that, that, you know, you're seeing younger kids and you're feeling like this is the why, like I want to teach others and just thinking about all the young people that you can support through your work is really inspiring. So I want to thank you for that. Thanks, David. And I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking time today. I want to just make sure people know it's minddesignsports.com. I'm sorry, .org. .org. And is there any, are there any final words for folks before we uh, wrap up and say goodbye? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot and some good stuff and yeah, I hope the audience takes some of these in this information and tries to, uh, take a hold of it, put into their lifestyle because it's really incredible. And yeah, if you need to go back and listen to what I was talking about or what David was talking about, I think it'd be useful. And yeah, thanks for having me on David. Yeah, you're welcome. And what I really also appreciate is that people learn through real life experience. So thank you for being an example of what it's like. Like you said, you're learning from just doing it. And so I hope, so I hope the parents listen to this. will share it with their, <laughs> with their kids because, or maybe I'll gain more teenagers than younger people through the, through this episode, but you're an inspiration and I'm really inspired to do work with teenagers. So you're going to inspire me to figure out putting it. And, and I asked Brandon, I said, Oh, when I put together my teen programs, I did say like, I might ask you for some feedback so that <laughs> I can figure out how folks like how teenagers like you that have so much, you know, that are doing so much great work, how I could, how I could help them with a lot of the programs I have around intuition and trusting yourself and making sure that you're showing up as your highest self. So thank you, Brandon. I'm really inspired and appreciate you and have a great afternoon, evening, day, whatever, whatever time anyone's listening. You too. All right. Thanks. Wow. So inspiring to talk with today's youth and someone like Brandon specifically that is really following his passion at such a young age. And if Brandon represents the future, then us adults can retire now because we're definitely in good hands. And when was the last time you listened to the wisdom of a young person? I remember one of my friend's grandfather would always say to me, you should really spend time with young people because it keeps you young and it keeps you engaged with the world. So if you're feeling stuck or disengaged, spend an afternoon with a young person and try and see the world through their eyes. You might be surprised at how rapidly it can shift your perspective in the direction of awe and abundance. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Mm-hmm.